0: please join me for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Bless this, Lord, your family, as we gather today to hear your word, to come to your table, and to find peace in our hearts. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It is a family Christmas. When you say family in 2019 at the beginning, uh, the dawn of 2020, it's a, it's a, loaded, it's a loaded piece. Because what used to look like family a hundred years ago, now family is, means a different thing depending on the context of your, of your life. But there's a, a, a number of consistencies with family. One is warmth. And uh, figuring it out and getting along and closeness and togetherness and a little bit of dysfunction and, and, you know, how each family is unique and connects together. And Christmas gives an opportunity to kind of figure that out. I know in our uh, home yesterday, it was my mom's birthday yesterday, the family gathered together and it was fun and warm with, with lots of laughter. On Christmas Eve, we all do our thing with kind of our individual families and then on Thanksgiving Day, we gather at my brother and sister-in-law's place and, and we do family. We have a number of traditions that we, that we do there which have evolved as the children get older and that's just kind of fun. But every family kind of has their own way, they, they do things. Maybe one of those is Christmas cards. And I thought that was the funkiest, weirdest-looking Christmas card I could ever, ever find. It's always fun to see the pictures of people to, to catch up and, and see how the kids are and where they're at how it's going. And some of them are bizarre. Uh, you look at the thing, you're like, wow. And then the letters. Remember when a letter used to be the right thing to do? And not so much anymore. But some people, that's their tradition. That's, that's okay. And Christmas Day. Food! What do you eat on Christmas Day? Turkey? Prime rib. prime rib! Prime rib's a winner. And they're almost out at Costco, so go, baby, go. Ham, potatoes, yeah, it's all it's all good. And you each, each have your thing. And you have your special recipes, perhaps. Maybe you have your special rub to put on the prime rib. And it ain't yours if it didn't have the right thing on it. Every one of those is, is different different menu different people different mix different feeling different flavor of course they never quite look like this they're never quite absolutely staged and perfect if i was to jump into this christmas i would offer there's no anxiety no friction and it's probably not real because sometimes christmas feels sometimes christmas feels like that and I think you know exactly what I'm, what I'm saying. It's real, it's real life. It's just how it is. And then there's the tradition of gifts and gifting. And you end up with some of the things that maybe you never wanted. And this is a season, too, where people end up with exactly what they're looking for. I love to preach on Christmas Eve, and I do the later services, the 7, 9, and the 11 service. And it's always fun for me to watch, and it's almost a tradition, to watch the, the young ladies sit in church and look at this marvelous, gorgeous rock and just kind of dazzles in the light of the Christmas tree as someone has been engaged before church and they sit. And I don't even know why I bother preaching to them because they're just like, oh. All of those things work together. The gifts, the giving, you know what people like, you know what they don't like, you know, you know how it works. And Sometimes you don't and you live with that. As well. And then again, these marvelous cards that Chris Higgins brought remind us of the family tradition of worshiping together. I know there's lots and lots of stuff that goes on with family, and yet one of the callings that we have as the family of Christ is to to be regularly worshiping and to give honor and praise to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our services here at St. John's, our family of faith, take on that that marvelous focus of life and birth and Jesus and Christmas and, and the grace and truth that came and comes through Him. For some of us, it's a huge thing that we do as families, and for others, maybe it's a good year to say, hey, you know what? We typically do thus and such, but we're going to switch it up, and we have a new tradition. This, this is what we're, we're going to do. And so we come to Jesus' family. You've got Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and the Scriptures tell us there were brothers and sisters, and 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 jesus had a family jesus was not beamed in like captain kirk as an adult guy and in the transporter room and all that stuff jesus was born Uh, jesus was a young boy jesus was a teenager i often wonder how that went for mary and joseph i love this story where they were all coming home from jerusalem from the feast and jesus is about a 12 year old looks at his mom and says hey I gotta be about my father's business Jesus lived in the context of family. And, uh, and the beginning story of that, the beginning piece of that is right here from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law... It's all about family. And the big player was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she's not a 27-year-old pregnant lady with a job and a career and a college education. She's probably a teenager who's got family around her but can't figure out how this whole thing has come down. The angel came to her and said, Mary, when the Holy Spirit is with you, you're going to have a baby and He's going to be the most high and it's going to be an unbelievable thing. And then Mary immediately comes and sings, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. But she's young, and she's single, and she's pregnant. And there's a lot going on in her heart and in her soul, trying to figure out what role she's going to play in God's redemption of the earth. And it's going to be done in the context of family, and she's going to be a major driver in that. But I imagine there was fear and anxiety and concern about how things would come down and what it would look like when the baby was on the way. Things that parents, moms think about. But she was the linchpin in this whole plan of God to bring redemption to the world. And then there's Joseph the Papa. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our children, I felt powerless. You kind of watched how it came down, and I could encourage and love and care and, and, and do some things. But ultimately, it's kind of on the outside looking in of, of, of so much of that. And I wonder if Joseph felt that as well. He's watching Mary. He's figured it out. He's known that he's not the guy. He's young, trying to figure out where his life's going. He's in love with her. He's got it figured out. And and all of a sudden, she's pregnant. And his expectations for family are changed and moved in the twinkling of an eye. and, And then an angel comes to him because he's a good man. And he wants to do the right thing the angel sneaks in, not in Luke's gospel, but in Matthew's gospel. We get the birth of Jesus through the eyes of the papa. And he says, don't be afraid, Joseph. It's going to be all right. He says, the the, the baby in Mary is, that's coming from heaven above. He said, don't be afraid. This is part of God's plan of redemption. Don't be anxious. I've got this, and you're going to be with me, Joseph, son of David. I've got this all dialed in and figured out. Don't be nervous for your family. It's all a part of God's plan. And even then the piece that, that, that young expectant mothers and fathers, they, they, they sit and work about is what is the name going to be? How's that going to be? And I remember we look through books of that and lists of that and how that's going to work out and how it sounds so that when you say Klinkenberg at the end, you don't have... And then I remember the names of some of the people in our family. Melvin, Laverne, Hubert, Emil, Fritz. None of those worked. So we settled on Justin and Sarah. But the angel looked at Joseph and said, And you will will call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And there is the first glimpse of how precious and how wonderful the mission of this family and the mission of this little boy named Jesus is going to be and what it's all about. Not only would His family be the family that brings redemption in and to the world, but the ripple of that redemption in the birth of a baby in Bethlehem, that would be their gift to populations and descendants of Jesus and the family Of faith. And so that mission becomes a critical, critical piece. I love that in verse 20 and verse 21. But after he had considered it, that's Joseph, after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because He would save His people from their sins. And that's the message from the first family of faith, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, to our family here this morning, and to your family pushing into 2020. His name is Jesus, because His mission would be to save His people from their sins. And you are those people. You are the ones for whom the Lord Jesus came, the, one who, the ones who would be saved from their sins by the power of the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. There's some people who just don't feel like they belong no matter where they're at, kind of always on the outside looking in. And whether that's family or friendships or church or wherever, they always kind of just feel like they, they don't quite fit. Like, like if there's a jigsaw puzzle piece, all the other ones fit, but not them. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ for you is that you belong in the family of the Lord. And you have a place here in this church, this family of faith, you belong to God through Jesus Christ. And that is never in doubt, that is never up for grabs, there is is never a situation where God would look at you and say, you know what, you're out, because... In Jesus, He has ensured and opened and delivered a place in the family of the Lord for you. So you belong to God because of Jesus. And you can't change that. You can't change that He was born, that He lived and died for you. That happened outside of us so that we could be so sure that we are loved and cared for because we can't manipulate it and we can't change it. We can't say, well, he wasn't really born in Bethlehem and blah, blah, blah. It all came down in a way that we could be sure. So that on those moments of indifference and those seasons of pain and those seasons where you feel like you're on the outside, yet you go back to Jesus and you say, wait a minute. If he says it, it's real. If he says it, it's true. I belong to God. And the story of Jesus, Mary and Joseph and angels and shepherd is the story not just of Luke and John and Matthew, but the story of our family, the story of our redemption, the story of us together as the brothers and sisters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You belong to that story. As surely as if you were a shepherd coming across the field To Bethlehem. And Christ himself, the Messiah, has ensured that closeness for you in the family of faith. One of the cool things about being gathered together today is we're having communion this morning. And we don't kind of separate it out and say, well, Mia, you're in, and Jason, you're out, and you're in, and you're out. It just doesn't work that way. We say, you know what? You're in. And we love you. And in that Holy Communion, we find a a, a communion with God that reminds us that we belong to Him and the forgiveness that Jesus won comes to us in that bread and wine. We also have communion one with another because we're so disparate, everyone's different, Your traditions are different than mine. Your background's different than mine. What your family says and how you say the things your family laughs at. You might be mortified by the white elephant gifts that are under our tree, whereas we would laugh and say, this is the coolest thing in the world. You go, you got to be kidding me. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, right? But not when we're at the table of the Lord. When we're at the table of the Lord, we hold more in common than anything that would separate us. And man, the devil shakes the world to separate people from one another and separate people from God. So the Lord provides that little supper for us to be united to himself and to be united with one another as a little bit of a foretaste of what's going to be when Jesus comes back again. And all of the stuff that's yucky and painful and broken and wounded and excluded He will come back and take us to be with Himself forever in eternity. And I love that piece of being in the family of God, that what we have today is just a little snippet, a little foreshadowing of what's coming down, coming down the road. So again, I like being here with the family of faith. And I enjoy being a part of the family of God. I enjoy being a part of the family that is St. John's. I enjoy being a part of my own crazy family. and, And I'm reminded how that works and how that's all about. The strength and the patience and the grace that's necessary to live in relationships. But all of that delivered to us in a marvelous way through Joseph and Mary and the baby named Jesus who came to save us from our sins.